Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Callan FM. Good afternoon and welcome to the business community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. And our topical discussion this week is about one of the largest organisations on the planet, Amazon. Amazon, yes. World domination is what I put into my Google search. And, and that's what they're going for, isn't it? Pretty much so, yeah. I mean, there's there's some amazing case studies about Amazon and, you know, the articles that you read about them. And, and yet it's also scary at the same time because it is such a domination that they're going for. It's a great article I read in the Wall Street Journal on, on my search. For, so it's from last September by a gentleman called Scott Galloway. And he talks about the, the four tech giants, Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Google. And apparently they've added $2 trillion to their combined market cap since 2007-9 uh, recession, which is the GDP of India. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> immense. But he, he goes on to say that don't worry about three of them because one, one is consistently outperforming the others and that's Amazon. And it's quite distinct because of the way that it goes about doing its business. And it's likely to become the fastest growing online bricks and mortar retailer with the addition of Whole Foods as well. So it's it's massive. And, and Amazon, I, I've been really impressed with, but then there is the part of me that goes, oh, a little bit scary. Mm. I've, I've visited their head office in London um, last this, about this time last year. What's that like? It's... Security is immense, you know, it's sort of like revolving doors, one in, one out, you know, you got your pass. Um, and you can understand that because they are a, um, a data sort of vault, aren't they? They've yeah. got so much data that, you know, you can imagine why. And also they're very careful about what they talk about. So I, I'd gone um, to, a, to a meeting um, by um, Amazon, um, organised by the Welsh government for food manufacturers. And, and they were very, very helpful, incredibly helpful as ways you can get your um, food to the market, but also very controlled as to what information they gave out about their business plans. So right. really tightly controlled as to what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say. The presentation has obviously gone through the legal department, but it, it's their business model that absolutely fascinates me, really really interested in that and obviously their founder Jeff Bezos as well who we're going to be talking about later in a little while yes what about you, Heather? well I mean I think you know you don't have to be a, you, you'd have to have been living under a stone for the last goodness knows how long not to notice that they they've kind of snuck in so this started off as you know oh they sold books online oh they sold CDs oh they sold DVDs and now they sell everything and I think you you, you hit the nail on the head that their data is hugely powerful for them, massively so, uh, and what they do with that data. But also there's that spooky bit because, you know, all the algorithms, et cetera, you know, where they're showing you things that, you know, if you like this, you might like that. And But I was talking to my husband who works for um, a price comparison website. One and of the biggies. One of the biggies, one of the biggies. And apparently this is something that, that Amazon are looking to get into, so it's kind of like all bets are off. They'll they'll try anything. I think that's the thing, isn't it? If Amazon say they're going to go into an industry, immediately they disrupt that industry. Yeah. The other competitors in that market know it's not going to be the same once Amazon yeah. set their sights on it. And I think that's the, the 
scary, exciting in a way as well thing about it. They seem to be able to set their sights on something and, and do it well as well. Did you know that they've got patents for a floating warehouse and small drones that can self-assemble into bigger drones capable of transporting large packages that they're going to develop into a, a network of fulfilment by air? The, I mean, the drone thing, uh, that um, I picked up a copy of The Week, which is, um, you know, it's a way of reading the papers without having to read the papers, which I quite <laughs> like. Um, anybody who knows me will <laughs> appreciate that. But the last word is, um, the article is about Amazon, and they're talking about the drones. Um, and they say, Amazon's drones will deliver a six-pack of beer direct to your garden in half an hour or less when the barbecue is running dry. And that's just, I mean, that's just space yeah. age. It, you know, I mean, it, it's novelty, but it, you know, that is going to be the reality. And the the overriding thing that just keeps going round and round and round in my mind is when we talk about the the value of that business and the uh, the turnover of that business, that that means that that money isn't going somewhere else. It's being yeah. channeled through one portal, really. And I, I just find that phenomenal. Well, I've got some figures for you, Heather. So. Um if you'd invested a thousand dollars in Amazon in 1997, today that thousand pounds would be worth more than four hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Oh my goodness, that's massive, isn't it? But really interesting. They've got a break-even strategy, so they they don't aim to make profits. Jeff Bezos has said many times that he's in it for for the long game, and um, it's not about making short-term profits. So so they haven't been a profitable company, but the value of their business has, you know, it, it's enormous. It's going to be one of the most valuable companies in the world within the next few few years, but. The fact that they don't aim to make profits and what they've essentially their strategy is break even yep. means they don't pay tax either, which I find difficult. Yes. Because obviously paying low taxes, that they're not contributing that to society in that way because you need the infrastructure, you need the roads, mm. you need the mm. healthcare, you need all of that. So I struggle a little bit with that. I can under on the one hand I applaud the strategy. Yep. I, I like that, you yep. know, long term uh, gain. Um, you know, you get getting the gain through market capitalization rather than short-term profits. But on the other hand, oh, I, you know, you need to pay some taxes. Yeah, you need to contribute to society. I, I guess the thing is, what we don't know is what the long, long game is. Yeah. Um, because as you've just said, you know, they're very, they're very controlled about what they do and don't drip feed out yeah. so it's a massive machine in that regard isn't it that they've got their cards very very close to their chest yeah. uh, I, I read another article it's on a, a website called the motley fool which i used to use years ago when i'd I forgotten to, all about that yeah i used to have um shares with a, an investment club and I, I was always on motley fool and and, and uh, i just found it again this article from january 2017 talking about investing in amazon and they're basically saying that the the reasons why um Amazon is becoming so valuable is invention. They place so much emphasis on invention over the last 20 years. The, the idea is to put the customer first and then invent right. and be patient, hence the long yes. game. Yeah. And then the competitiveness. Obviously, they're aiming to be lower priced than most things. Now, the impression they give is that they're lower priced, but only on key items. Mm. Some things are more expensive mm. on Amazon, but your impression is it's always going to be mm. cheaper on yeah. Amazon, so that's working. And then their ultra-competitiveness, their competitive advantages. You know, they're, 
they've got a reputation as a low-cost provider and they've got the trust they've got the prime members that's it and a massive competitive advantage you're tied in and you trust in them to deliver mm-hmm. i think it's it's absolutely stunning i'm fascinated and a little bit appalled at the same time so it's amazing yes it's yeah i think it is very much marmite and, and of course they do so much drop shipping now for other vendors and they do it so well i have to say that's the other thing i found is that um unlike supplying into a supermarket for these food manufacturers amazon were making it easier and more profitable for the food manufacturers to go through them than to go to a supermarket and i think that is really key they weren't making their profits from the food manufacturers at the expense of the food manufacturers which we all know has been a bit of a problem with supermarkets over the years so they they're allowing those manufacturers to benefit from the economies of scale that they have yeah okay and i was i was impressed by that you know my, my opinion of amazon was greatly improved by actually you know, go in there and seeing them and seeing what they were actually doing to help the suppliers that mm. they used. It's, you know, they're, they're not all out to, to, you know, break the supplier. No, and imagine how much money they would have made if they were out to make a profit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Amazon, it's one to watch. And we're going to be talking about the, the founder later on in the show. He's, he's our business leader, Jeff Bezos. So you're listening to The Business Community on Callan FM. And this is the part of the show where we share some news and events uh, to do with the world of business. First of all, I'm going to share with you some guidance from HMRC, which was released at the end of August. And it's how to recognize genuine contact from HMRC and to recognize phishing emails and also letters and telephone calls as well. Because I see on social media that there have been a number of um, scams going around, particularly with telephone calls. There's a really interesting link that we'll share on our website, which is the business.community where HMRC give a massive long list of all of the genuine contacts that they will be making with the public and with businesses over the next few months. And if you get something from them and you're not sure, you can go and take a look at this list. There is also some advice on how to recognise a phishing email and also what to do if you get one as well. So That's a brilliant idea. It's very, very good, isn't it? I, mean, I suppose it stops sure. people phoning them up and saying... True. Yeah, but I think that's genius. I was going to say, if you're unsure, then go to the HMRC website and find a contact number. But if you can go to this list, it saves Mm. you having to be on the line on hold. So I'll just go through a few because there were lots on this list, but you you might be able to scroll through Mm -hmm. and, and see something that suits you. So a current list of digital and other contact issued from HMRC. Emails about your tax-free childcare account. So although they say they never email you about your tax return, there are other emails they will send you. Some from August 2018, HMRC are contacting some customers by email who have registered for their 30 hours free childcare or have opened a tax-free childcare account. Uh, They're doing some research to explore and evaluate large business customers' interaction with HMRC. So that's going through a third party, the IFF Research Company, and that's between September and December this year. They're going to do a mid-sized business customer experience survey. Uh, Again, that's between September and December using IFF Research. Most of these surveys are voluntary as well. 
Um, they're also going to be doing some research into overseas trade among VAT unregistered businesses, again, carried out by a third party. So if you get a contact from a third party, you might be a bit suspicious. Mm. No, is this really HMRC? So I, I think it's worth, if you do get that and you're unsure, then just say no at that point until you've checked out what you need to check out. They're going to be doing telephone surveys of partnerships and corporate bodies between August and September. Um, they're going to do some research on tax agents' opinions on filing income tax, self-assessment and VAT returns. That's already operational now from July through to next April. And so on. They are sending letters to households, letters and telephone calls to businesses and tax agents. The list is huge, okay? So... In some cases, you might be getting a text message, you might be getting an email, you might be getting a letter or a phone call. I would say just be aware because they're not going to ask you to confirm details on, on the phone or by text or email. So I think if ever somebody's asking you to confirm too many details, then, then just walk away, you know, put the phone down, ask them to contact you in another way. But they've also got some advice on how to tell if an email address is fraudulent. So they say, obviously, look for spelling mistakes and poor grammar, um, but also look for an incorrect from address. So fraudsters often have an email account with HMRC or revenue names in them, such as refunds at hmrc.org.uk. So if, if you are unsure about those, then just forward it on to HMRC and ask them if it's genuine. And there is an email address included on this page, the link of which is on our website. HMRC emails will never notify you of a tax rebate, never offer to make you repayment, hence never ask you for your bank details, never ask you for your full address, your postcode, your unique taxpayer reference. Okay, they'll never... Um, be sending you emails from a personal email address um, and they won't ask for financial information such as specific tax figures or tax computations if there's an attachment be really careful they could well contain uh, a virus or, or some sort of malware also the emails might contain links to other websites so be careful on what you click on as well sometimes they'll include genuine links to HMRC websites to, to look yes. into full sense of security there's a, they're getting really sophisticated. So I'd, I think it's worth taking a look at this page. It's on um, the HMRC pages of gov.uk. The link will be on our website. But just be careful. You Really, the, the number of um, reports of phishing and, and spam and, and, and all the bogus emails are really increasing. So if, if you're not sure... Go onto this website, contact HMRC and ask them b before you get involved. And it's better to check. Than, you know, I know that sometimes we think, oh, we don't want to appear you know, to be overly cautious or to be fretting or to be being stupid. But actually, hey, check. If it's, if it's, a, genuine, if it's a genuine contact, nobody, we'll yeah, they'll be fine with it. So, yeah, wouldn't bother. Okay, I've got a few events for you that um, are all taking place later this month. They, um, I, I came across um, a website called insidermedia.com and they've, they're posting a number of events and I just thought that they all looked a little bit different. So we've got a Midlands Automotive Breakfast taking place on the 19th of September in Coventry. Um, the, these events seem to be tailored around particular industry sectors 
Um, so there's it's a 7.30 a.m. registration. There's a panel discussion um, and then close. So it's an opportunity to then have coffee and networking afterwards. Uh, but they've got um, chief executive of Westfield Sports Cars. Uh, we've got um, a guy from Telford and Recon Council. Uh, senior manager of autonomous and self-driving cars for Jaguar Land Rover. So I just thought that looked really interesting um, and a networking opportunity. In Manchester on the 20th, that's the following day, uh, they've got uh, Knowledge Cities Breakfast, same timings, speakers from Manchester Science Partnerships and um, people director from booking.com to name a few uh, head of innovation partnerships and programs from cisco so some serious players here and finally on the 25th of september tuesday up in nether alderley in cheshire the northwest new golden triangle breakfast um, we've got uh, l various people from the Cheshire um, area who are running businesses and also the chief exec of knowledge quarter liverpool which I thought looked particularly interesting. So details of all of those, along with the HMRC links, will be on our website, thebusiness.community. So we now come to the reviews section of the show. And occasionally I find myself wandering along the, the bookcases in Sainsbury's or WH uh, Smith's or whatever, and pick up a copy of the week or pick up a copy of the economist or whatever and i saw something i've not seen before so i thought mm, i might share that with with um the listeners on today's show it's a magazine called monocle it's quite a weighty tome i bought the september issue it was six quid so it was a bit of a gamble but um it's basically about building better businesses and it's got a whole range of articles <laughs> Some very specific, excuse me, uh, some very specific to business, others about business travel, um, business uh, environments. And yeah, it, it's it's the sort of thing that you might pick up and take on holiday with you because there's all sorts of things about business. And it also has got a monocle guide, building better businesses, uh, why now's the time to launch your dream company, later life entrepreneurs turning back the clock, has entrepreneurship gone too soft? Wise words from experienced hands. Tips on building a unique brand. And, of course, the inevitable sponsorship element. Private banking from HSBC. Investors, the next generation. And business exits. But all of that really useful, interesting stuff around uh, entrepreneurship and building a better business. There is also an online version uh, which I know that you've had a chance to have a look at, Tracy. What What did you think? Yeah, so I hadn't seen the uh, hard copy version of the magazine. So when you sent me a picture of the front page and said, let's do this, I imagine something quite a lot thinner, something maybe as thin as the, the week. Mm -hmm. um, so having seen it now, it, it looks more like a catalogue. Yeah. It is quite hefty. I went online. I was a bit disappointed because I was hoping to be able to read some sample articles or look at some back issues. Um, I wasn't tempted to subscribe because I hadn't seen the actual magazine. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so sometimes it seemed like a lot of money, £55 for six months. But actually now I've seen it. I think, oh, actually, that's not, not bad value. But also looking online, I couldn't judge whether I liked the style of writing or if there was anything mm. of, of quality in there for me. It looks nice and glossy, yeah. the website. But it's all about getting you subs to subscribe there and then. So I think maybe if they'd... 
you know, just done a, a, a back issue that you could look at. You, you know, you could read one from three months ago or something. Yes. And you could go, right, I like the feel of that. There's plenty in there for me. Then I would have been tempted to subscribe. But as it is, I, I sort of backed Probably away not. and thought, oh, okay, I need to need to see this thing. I did sign up for the newsletter. And, and sometimes when you say, for example, um, ink.com or... Um, there's a, there's another couple that entrepreneur magazines and you'll get a full article this this uh, newsletter is actually called the monocle minute oh. and you do get whole articles but they're really really short articles so in here there's um a short article literally a minute's read I'm, I'm guessing that's why they called it the monocle minute uh, article on politics one on education one on fashion one on design um, and and it's it's some sort of thing that I read it yesterday um, at, at work and during, while I was having a, a, a lunch break, and it was you know quite quick, easy reading, but it didn't sway me towards wanting to subscribe to the magazine. Okay. So for me, I think if I'd have been able to gauge the full magazine online, I'd have been more interested. But can I actually hold the magazine in my hand? You can please, indeed. Please. Yes, here, here, feel, feel. <gasps> Oh, the weight of that it's it's nice isn't it because it, it's it's just slightly smaller than a4 isn't it yeah um and it's about a centimeter deep and it's got a nice glossy cover and it feels like you're getting you're getting some good value in there not too many adverts the, at the be- yeah there's a That's few good. adverts at the beginning uh but i mean it's episode it's um Episode? No, Episodic? not episode. Epi- no, <laughs> it's issue number one hundred and eighteen. Oh, yes. So they've obviously been been going for some time. I don't know why I've not seen it on the bookshelves before. So I haven't really been able to ascertain whether this printed version is a new thing or whether um, it's just not ordinarily. I think this was actually Sainsbury's that I was in. Um, but who knows? But I will be looking out for it. Is it always business related? I th- yes, I think it is. I think it is. And that's what's... Because it's got a section um, around um, leaders and books that they're reading. So, yeah, it has it has a business slant. I I don't think it, that this is a rarity, but it, it it's a good publication. It's a good mm. publication, and I think it's... Yeah, sometimes you don't always have to be reading just about business to get a feel for the world. It seems like it's... It's covering lifestyle as well and you know, looking at legacy and sustainability, um, like you say, and travel and things like that. So actually really nice balance to it. Something, you know, something that you might not ordinarily yeah. have, have read in, in other online or other hard copy uh, publications. Yeah, it's something a bit different. And uh, so I thought, apart from the good old fashioned week, which, you know, I love um, because, as I say, it gives you bite sized snippets, you know, of, of business and news and all sorts oh it's kind of like what do i need to know about in order to not appear like a complete numpty when i'm out and about networking um i i get the week junior um, for the kids okay in the hopes that they'll stay abreast of current affairs and occasionally um you know it's a bit more of a novelty when they first had it but um now now it's if if something takes their fancy they'll go in and they're, they're quite interested in current affairs and i think actually having a little summary of it for them in the week junior is really really positive yeah yeah the week is one of my favorites as well really um like you say not not committing yourself to a full-size newspaper every day no well it's the time factor i don't know about you know even this magazine that's why i say you know it would be great to to take on holiday or to you know just i don't know have on the coffee table for when you do have five minutes but but 
people who find time to sit and read newspapers from start to finish every day i just i just don't know how they do it hats off to them yeah yeah and um obviously in in the um in the copy of the week that we had a look at um from the 25th of august there's a whole feature on amazon yes yeah (laughs) that's no coincidence it just seemed (laughs) it seemed timely it seemed timely so this is the part of the show where we profile a business leader or business guru and this week it's no surprise that we mentioned his name earlier on jeff bezos or jeffrey preston bezos he's an american technology entrepreneur investor philanthropist founder and chairman and chief executive of amazon and i think the most controversial thing about him I found this. How you pronounce his name? Yes, yes. We've decided it is Bezos. In fact, you found something. I think that I said. found an article which said, "Yeah, Jeff Bezos has confirmed that it's pronounced Bezos." But that said, it was a written article and they spelt out Bezos. So, um, yeah. Anyway, he is the world's richest man, and um, according to Forbes on the the Forbes website, which got a nice profile of him, on the twenty ninth of August. His net worth was 158.4 billion. The day after, on the 30th of August, his net worth was 163.6 billion pounds. So that's five billion in a day. <laughs> that's impressive, isn't it? He's the first person with net worth surpassing 150 billion pounds in the three decades that Forbes has been tracking the richest Americans. Goodness. The first person to do that. He owns 16% of Amazon. And he founded that in his garage in Seattle in 1994. We've talked plenty about Amazon today. Um, but before that, he attended um, college, university, as we call it here in the UK, at Princeton. And he did uh, electrical engineering and computer science. He's worked on Wall Street. And uh, he's set up, apparently, Amazon during a cross-country road trip from New York to Seattle. So Amazon we know a lot about, but what about the man, Jeff Bezos himself? One of the most striking things I um, recall about the research was that he he was able to purchase himself. I'm I'm guessing he purchased himself this cameo role in Star Trek Beyond. I don't think he had um, any um, experience as an actor before that, but it was on his bucket list. And if you're the richest man in the world... Why not buy yourself a cameo role in Star yeah. Trek Beyond if you're a Star Trek fan? So Star Trek Beyond um, was the film that was out in 2016. And his character is just a single tracking shot. And he's got heavy makeup on, like almost like a false head on. So you wouldn't know it was him unless you'd, you'd looked at all the articles that showed stills of it. Now, Chris Pine is the guy that plays Captain Kirk. And um, he says that although he only appeared in this one shot... His presence on set, Bezos' presence on set was huge. It, it was um, it was there with nine bodyguards and three limos. He said it was really intense. Chris Pine had no idea who he was, not a clue, but he realised he was somebody very important. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a part of you that goes, oh, yeah, fine, if you can buy yourself a role. But actually, if you have got the money, why not spend it doing something that you'd really love to do? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it does show that there's uh, a human inside the uh, and a bit the of a man geek as well. and a bit like of a geek. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, apart from being the world's wealthiest person, if you do a Google on, um, uh, so one of the common things I do is Jeff Bezos is, yeah, or whoever the business leader is to see what other people have searched for. Um, so <laughs> one of the questions is 
Jeff Bezos, is he married? (laughs) (laughs) That's question number one. (laughs) Yes, and so for anybody who Googled that, the answer is he's separated and has four children. So there you go. Heather, what did you find out about Jeff? Well, I think there were two things. I think he... um, in terms of his leadership style, I think he has quite a bullish approach to leadership, which I think is quite interesting. But there was, um, uh, he's quoted as not using the um, the term work-life balance um, because he believes that balance implies that you've, you, you can have one and not the other. But he believes that work-life harmony is a better approach, that, you know, the two sit together. It's not an either or. But But the thing that, that captured my imagination is that um, when you are the richest man in the world, what do you spend your money on? And there is um, there is a, a website, BezosExpeditions.com, where there are a number of projects that are being funded. Um, there's the Bezos Family Foundation. There's a 10,000-year clock. Now, without wishing to cast aspersions, this, to me, just sounds like a huge waste of money. <laughs> But um, but if you know more about it, then please, please do let us know. Essentially, it says we're building a 10,000 year clock. It's a special clock in a mountain in West Texas. Um, it's been designed by a guy called Danny Hillis. And essentially, the clock ticks once a year. Uh, the century hand event advances once every hundred years. And the cuckoo comes out on the millennium. The vision was and still is to build a clock that will keep time for the next 10,000 years. And this is something that is being funded through the Bezos um, expeditions. I just thought that was quite interesting. He owns the Washington Post. He also owns um, Blue Origin, which is about uh, man's... manned space flight yeah they're, they're developing a reusable rocket yep. to carry passengers which is as, as all the um rich people seem to be doing at the yes, moment yeah, yeah which thing. is yeah is the, the next men, big thing actually. all the rich men yes good point um and also perhaps a, a bit more palatable is um although it flies in the face of the space travel thing is reliable affordable energy for the world investing in a carbonless future so he certainly I don't expect he gets a lot of downtime, this guy. Um, <laughs> no. I think he's, he, his salary from Amazon, I did look, it was only around about $82,000 a year. So he doesn't get a massive salary from Amazon. But obviously, he's invested wisely in other things as well. And one really good example of that is that he met the founders of Google in 1998 and became one of the company's first angel investors. He put in a quarter of a million dollars in 1998 I suspect that's worth quite a bit more now. I'm not quite sure how much, but it's quite a bit more than that, isn't it? So uh, he's he's clearly good at spotting opportunities with the investments that he's made. And obviously to build a net worth of 160 or so billion dollars, he's got to have made some good decisions along the way, which leads us neatly up to um, quote time. Yes. So what did you, well, what quote did you find? I've only, I think this sort of sums up his approach to business and, and, you know, why he, he'd perhaps taken some risks. So the quote that I've got is the common question that gets asked in business is why that's a good question, but an equally valid question is why not? Oh yeah. Why not? And he, I mean, he's probably had his fair share of critics and, you know, we've talked about Amazon at length today. But he says, if you can't tolerate critics, don't do anything new or interesting. 
Really good point. <laughs> Sound advice. So that's about all we've got time for on the show. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.